The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of hosts and guests. The view and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Memorial Healthcare System, Joe DiMaggio's Children's Hospital. Welcome back, and thank you once again for joining us on the Healthy Parenting Podcast. I'd like to welcome today's guest, Dr. Francis Jeshira Reynoso. Hi. Hi. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you you so much for being here. I was really excited about this show because this is a topic that I don't think a lot of people even know about in terms of genetics and pediatric genetics. I definitely have no idea. Right. Exactly. I read the show notes and I said, oh, (laughs) this is a thing. It is a thing. It's very important and growing, growing field. Okay. Well, Dr. Reynoso, I had to match um, Bahati here because she had that display to win. <laughs> what is a pediatric geneticist? So a pediatric geneticist is a physician that is trained to take care of children that have a diagnosed genetic disorder or evaluate children where a, diagn- a genetic disorder is suspected. We also take care of counseling the families um, about the risk of having other children affected with that disorder. Uh, and sometimes we have to evaluate other family members. There are also certain genetic disorders that are treatable. So we are specifically trained in those disorders so we can provide care for those patients. But more often, we are, you know, like the care, the care coordinators, you know, for kids that have, you know, those conditions that are very rare and complex. Mm. So what was your motivation for specializing in genetics as a pediatrician? Well, I can remember like today, the okay. day that I decided to be a geneticist. Oh my gosh, okay. Yeah, I was in my <laughs> teens and I was watching the news about the Human Genome Project. Oh, yeah. And I just knew in that... teens? Yeah, I was about... 92. 50. 16? Around 90, oh. early 90s? No, it was in the early 2000s, early actually. Early 2000s, okay. Early 2000s, and, uh, you know, the, uh, Bill Clinton and Craig Venter, it, there was a big uh, announcement. Yes. I was uh, back in my home country, actually, in the Dominican Republic, but I just instinctively knew that this is something that was going to re- revolutionize uh, life. Yes. It was going to change life. Yes. Yes. So I just knew that I belonged there. I don't know how, but I after that, I gravitated to medical school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always loved working with kids, so I knew that the kind of geneticist that I was going to be was, you know, focused on, you know, helping children. Well, I'm glad you wow. chose the you field. Found, That's you wonderful. Your, <laughs> you found your passion and your and your career goal in your teens. Yeah. I mean, I just found my passion in my 30s. <laughs> wow. There's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's saying. on their own journey. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Wow. That's, that's impressive. Wow. So why would a child be referred to a pediatric geneticist? You mentioned there are several genetically linked conditions and diseases. So what are some of the things that... Well, I can, I can mention some examples. Mm-hmm. You know, there's often a history of developmental delays, you know, where a child is not doing what they're supposed to do, you know, not walking on time, not talking on time. Sometimes a child is born with a certain birth defects, like a cardiac defect or a limb defect or a, a brain abnormality. Uh, and sometimes our kids, they just have a complex medical history and there's no clear explanation. Sometimes there's already a person in the family that has been diagnosed with a genetic disorder. So uh, those are mo- one of the co- most common reasons for children to be referred to a pediatric geneticist. Okay. All now right. you said certain things, that they're not doing certain things uh, on time. Now my oldest son uh, was, was delayed in speech. It took him a while to start speaking. Would that be one of the... the I guess conditions upon which a parent or a physician would 
refer to a pediatric dentist? Well, just speech delay by itself, mm-hmm. not really. Most of the time, if it's just speech delay that gets better with therapy, mm-hmm. uh, it's not really associated with genetic conditions. Right. But sometimes there's speech delay and something else, like learning problems mm-hmm. or a diagnosis of autism spectrum that's, disorder. Yes, that's, that's what uh, I meant to say. Those are good reasons to go see a geneticist. So I wonder if I took my son to see a geneticist years ago. I wonder. Because How is he doing now? Fantastic. fantastic. So then you're, you I have mean, nothing to worry yeah, about. Yeah, no, fantastic. No, <laughs> <laughs> just... And of course, there are some genetic diseases that are treatable, but then there are others that are not treatable, right? Yeah, and that's something that um, it's it's actually wonderful because you know in the past, like when I started medical school, uh, it was thought that okay, genetic means untreatable, mm-hmm. but you know as we have advanced in our knowledge and we are getting better understanding on what causes genetically linked diseases, then we can find ways to intervene those pathways mm. and in some, sometimes cure or manage those conditions. So for example, there are cases where there's an enzyme that is missing or deficient. We, have, we now have technology where we can create that enzyme and provide that enzyme to a child through infusions. And it can lead to significant improvement of their health, and sometimes it cures the condition. Wow. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a very exciting time to be a geneticist. Yeah. Oh, Sounds like it. Totally. Well, let's rewind then. Let's, let's, let's go back to what well, I know that, you know, for pregnancy, there's uh, genetic testing for while the baby's uh, gestating in, in the womb. But let's start with newborn screening. Could, we, uh, could you explain its purpose and the type of conditions that are being tested for? Sure. So the newborn screening is a program that was created to identify uh, conditions that are not necessarily apparent at birth, but there is some type of intervention that you could do to either cure or modify the disease. Uh, so typically what it's done is, you know, when the child is uh, one or two days old, they take a small sample from the heel mm-hmm. of the newborn. Mm-hmm. And in the state of Florida, it tests for 56 conditions. Wow. So they basically are looking for substances or metabolites that are abnormal in those conditions. And there are largely largely disorders where they're treatable. So that's one of the requirements, actually, to be in the newborn screening. So Mm. newborn screening has actually changed the natural history of most of those disorders because now we diagnose uh, children before they present with symptoms. And in some cases, it could be really life-saving. And newborn screening, that's mandatory, right, throughout the nation? It is. Okay, awesome, good. So there are some uh, genetic uh, disorders that can be uh, caught and treated early, if you catch them early, is basically what you're saying? Yes. Oh. There's many. Yeah, so like one of the most common ones that is uh, screened in a newborn screening is cystic fibrosis. Ah, yes. So when okay. caught early, you could treat it. And there's a uh, certain metabolic disorder. One example is a disease known as galactosemia, hmm. where there's an enzyme that is needed to metabolize uh, sugar in milk, in dairy. And uh, you get it, you cut it early, and then all you have to do is put the baby on soy milk. And the baby will be healthy. And they don't really? have any problems. Mm-hmm. Before oh newborn screening, those kids were diagnosed mm. when they were very sick, 
they would oh. get liver disease. Oh, no. They would get uh, severe bacterial infections. Wow. And then you would diagnose them. But oh, now you diagnose them asymptomatically. And then all you have to do is give them soy milk. That's incredible. And they're wow. healthy. Wow. Yeah. That That's sample, incredible. that sample you said from the baby's heel, is that mm-hmm. a skin sample, blood sample? It's a blood sample. Oh. They do a little prick on the baby's really? heel and, and take a, a couple of blood spots. And that's all you need? And that's all it takes. Isn't that wow. incredible? Oh, that little bit of information yeah. holds that much information. Yeah. Some people call it the PKU test mm-hmm. because uh, historically, uh, PKU or phenylketonuria was the, fes- the first metabolic condition that was included in the newborn screening. So some people still call it that, but mm. the correct name is newborn screening. So it tests for PKU and uh, a lot of other metabolic conditions. Fascinating. Yeah. And Fascinating. the list of conditions included in the newborn screening keeps growing. I would imagine so. As we have better yeah. technology and better understanding and more treatments. Mm. So in honor of Thanksgiving, which is right around the corner, if you can believe it, um, I didn't know until I researched this show, every Thanksgiving since 2004, it's called National Family History Day. Really? I never heard of it. I didn't know either. (laughs) (laughs) It it was an initiative um, started by the Surgeon General. And the whole goal is to basically have families, since that's a time for a lot of Americans and a lot of people around the world, but primarily America, mm-hmm. to gather with their family and actually talk about their health history. You know, we have a lot of issues and health mm-hmm. issues that are within our family, and a lot of times we don't talk about it, even that's though... That's true. You know, and I find that in my medical practice, yeah. you know, because as a geneticist, mm-hmm. at every visit, I take a detailed family history. And some of those questions go unanswered because yeah. people don't like to talk about their health issues. So uh, I think that's or, actually or they, or they don't even know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like and I, sometimes it's the key information that I need to make a diagnosis. <laughs> exactly. Right. So yeah, I'm glad we're talking about this. So uh, we wanted to talk to you today specifically around like the implications of direct-to-consumer genetic testing. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of 23andMe. Yes. It used to like when they when these direct-to-consumer um, organizations first started. It used to be like, oh, I want to find out about my ancestry, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 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 who I think I am, but maybe I may be something else, like twenty percent Asian or thirty percent European. And you really don't know. So these tests um, originally were like, find out about your gen- your um, ancestry, but over the over time I didn't know that you can actually find out about your health conditions, like genetically yeah. linked health conditions, which is incredible. Really? It is. So that, that's oh. the part that yeah. is actually new. Because yeah. direct-to-consumer genetic testing has been around for years. Okay. But in the last year or so, the FDA has given approval to these companies to test for certain genetic-related health risks. Um, Now, direct-to-consumer genetic testing is genetic testing that happens outside of the traditional medical system Mm -hmm. where, you know, the patient, uh, and in some cases the parent of a child, Mm -hmm. can just order a kit online or just go to CVS, pick up a kit. (laughs) It comes with instructions and everything you have to do, and all you have to do is spit on a little tube. You know, you send your saliva, they extract DNA, they sequence your genome, and they look for certain uh, what we call generic genetic variants, mm. so like a version of a gene that is associated with increased risk for cer- certain genetic conditions. Mm. One example uh, is uh, two genes that are associated with uh, increased risk of uh, breast cancer, so BRCA1 and 2. Mm-hmm. So tw- 23andMe and other companies mm-hmm. test for uh, certain variants that are more common 
23andMe currently tests for five variants in their BRCA1 and 2 genes mm. uh, to see if people have those variants. And then those who have it are increased risk for breast cancer. Now, the danger is that there are more than, than 1,000 variants in oh those genes right. that are associated with increased risk of breast cancer. And uh, some people can be falsely reassured Mm. They, oh, okay. they, they have no risks when they could still have a risk. So mm. I do not recommend using this information obtained from direct-to-consumer genetic testing to make health uh, decisions, okay? Right. You should always discuss this with your doctor, and before you decide to have uh, direct-to-consumer genetic testing, you should really educate yourself mm -hmm. and think about it first. Are you ready to learn this information? Yes, Are you ready yes. to deal with this information? Mm. And it's not only the implications that it has for you, but you could potentially find out information that will affect your children mm -hmm. and other relatives so this is the concern that the clinical genetics uh, community has overall you know there are guidelines for this when you are doing actual you know genetic testing for diagnosis mm -hmm. but those direct-to-consumer genetic testing companies aren't necessarily as regulated I didn't think so <laughs> when I was doing my research yeah. I was like wow these are really um, like Parkinson's disease, I think, or like a variance for Parkinson's disease yeah. is one of the conditions that you may discover that you have. And it's like, well, how do you deal with that information? Exactly. Yeah. Like when ready. you get it, are you ready? Where do you go from there? And it's not like the kit has a manual for, you know, no. how to and follow And then you up. don't get what we call informed consent. There's not really an I was just going to ask that. Is, is, I was going to ask, can you say I just want the bare bones? Give me my ancestry. Give me my, you know, my my ethnicity, but that's it. I don't want anything else. Yeah, you else. can. Oh, you, you know, can. they do offer services where they only give you ancestry. Okay. I did that test for myself. It oh, was you fun. Did? Oh, yeah. you did? So, for ancestry? Just for ancestry. Cool. Yeah. Would you mind sharing what you, well, what I, you discovered? I, which, I, which queen I, are you related to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was born in the Dominican Republic, so my results were as I expected. Mm -hmm. So I'm a mixture of European mm -hmm. and West Africa and mm -hmm. a little bit of uh, I would say like Caribbean, Indian, American. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's exactly what I thought I would be. So wow. there were no surprises. But oh. some people do have surprises. Oh. And then there's another yes. thing, right? There, there's literature on this, uh, where people find out that they actually are not the son of their biological oh, parents, or they're, yes. they're not really related biologically. Mm -hmm. You can find that. You yeah. can. Yeah. yeah. And then some people do it like if you're adopted and you want oh. to find out your uh, biological relatives, you could through such testing. Yeah. Wow. It's much no more idea. than so it's, it's your, much your more. Yeah, yeah. It can, be, it can be much more, which is why I won't be doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, the technology is, it's, it's, yeah, it's there. And that's something that I uh, talk to my parents, my patients all the time. It's like technology is advancing really fast, mm -hmm. but we're still catching up on knowledge. We're still catching up on understanding how this changes people's yeah. lives and people's health. Mm -hmm. So, I think my advice would be just proceed with caution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you decide to do this on yourself, make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into, mm -hmm. and be prepared to deal with the consequences. Mm. Now. When talking about doing this type of testing on children, then there are a lot of ethical implications because kids 
can't possibly understand this. Of course not. This. No. So and the I parents am, don't even understand how yeah. to explain. So what. I am personally against doing genetic testing on healthy asymptomatic children mm -hmm. to predict the risk of diseases that are going to happen in adulthood. Oh. I am personally against that. I think they should wait until the children are older and can decide for themselves. I I actually agree with that because I mean you, you kind of if you you I mean you might be robbing them of the I want to say the mystery but you know just the enjoying life because if you know something down the line it, it you have two choices you can either live life to the fullest mm -hmm. or have it consume you and and you know mm. that should be a choice of the child at an appropriate age then more so than the parents unless there's something serious that you're looking for and like you said asymptomatic so the kid is healthy they're well they seem to be maturing and developing at a perfectly normal stage so why why rock the why rock yeah. the boat which is why okay. if you okay. want to do genetic testing on a child you should always seek the advice of a professional yeah Okay, so if a child is diagnosed with a genetic disease and they've gone through the battery of tests, could you talk about the role genetic counselors help, uh, genetic counselors play in helping families and kids cope and manage with their conditions? Yeah, that's a great question because some people are also not aware that genetic counselors exist mm -hmm. and they actually play a very key role yes. on what we do, right? Yes. Because as a physician, I'm more trained to deal with the medical issues and the condition. Of course, I'm also worried about the well-being of the family, of but the genetic counselor is not only trained to deal with, you know, assessing the risk of a genetic disorder being passed on to other generations and determining which family members should be counseled and offer testing, but the genetic counselor also deals uh, and helps the family deal with the emotional implications and other implications that you know, having genetic testing uh, could have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they are a key part of what we do. So mm -hmm. we actually have a wonderful genetic counselor in our practice, awesome. and, and I'm very grateful to have her. Awesome. Yeah. That is wonderful. Good, good, good. I, um, my husband used to work for Emory's human genetics department, so I learned a lot about genetics, and they have a genetic counselor program. I was like, wow, that's yeah. a fascinating role and field to even go into because it it's it's like you said it's counseling but it's very um intentional in terms of and yeah it's almost a niche field yes, like you yes. have to like I and mean, know that it yeah no no one exists or just fall yeah. into it and like this is it this yeah, is where i belong yeah, yeah. yeah no something that you see in genetics overall as uh -huh. a field is that you will see not only genetic counselors but geneticists that will have their own little niche where they become experts in a group of disorders or a disorder. Oh. So, like, I have a little niche myself. Oh, oh what's your niche? Which you should ask me about. Ask me about 22Q. <laughs> yes. So, um, one of my interests is a genetic disorder known as 22Q. Um, 11.2 deletion syndrome. It has other names, the George syndrome or velocardiofacial syndrome. So I've actually developed over expertise over time okay. on this disorder. And I actually run a multidisciplinary clinic for wow. children with these conditions. So you see that in genetics uh, for physicians and genetic counselors as well. There's mm -hmm. genetic counselors that are specialized in cancer. There's genetic counselors who specialize in neurology. So genetic counselors not only work with a geneticist, but they could also work with other physicians like cardiologists, neurologists, wow. 
because nowadays it's not only the geneticist that is ordering genetic testing. Oh, for, okay? of course. So yes. genetics is everywhere in medicine now. So that's the cool thing about the field. It, like it literally supports every specialty. Like you said, cardiac, cancer, kidney. I mean everything. Yeah, and it's we will in a few years. Everybody's gonna have their genome sequence. And it's going to be part of their medical record. Mm. There are cert certain health systems in uh, North America and USA that are, still th that are actually doing that right now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Is it something that you have to request? Or, like, would your physician recommend? Well, right now it's more like research. Okay. Okay, people sign up for a research project uh. in which, which, you know, their genome is sequenced. It becomes part of their medical record. Mm -hmm. And then any um, time, like, a health... Um, issue you know comes up comes up right. then they'll see if there could be a correlation between their genetic variations and you know their health mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. i don't assume this is for more uh, to help preventative health care then but yeah okay. it will be like that someday we're not there yet so right. there's no reason to do this tests in healthy people clinically <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. so right. one thing that i always stress is right now you know, when you order genetic testing, you need to know what question you're asking. Right. Mm -hmm. It has to be to answer a clinical question. Hmm. You can't just do genetic testing because you can. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so we might have a, a genetic genetic WebMD where people are not going on there <laughs> saying, "Well, my chromosome says this." Oh my God. What does that mean? Well, exactly. Well, now that you mentioned that. <laughs> oh, actually, oh, oh, oh! <laughs> technology. There are companies, right? Let's say you have 23andMe testing, mm -hmm. right? Which is one of the most um, popular companies mm -hmm. that is doing such a test. Uh, you can request what is called your raw data, meaning. They have your they have your data there. It stays there, mm -hmm. okay, of your whole genome. So there are companies that you pay them to look at your raw data and then give you information about your health-related risks. Now, proceed with caution. I was going to mm -hmm. say. Like, is because this, is this there are studies that have shown that up to 40% of uh, what they call mutations mm -hmm. are actually false positives uh -oh. with such tests. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we still have a lot to learn. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. right now, um, I would say... We're on the cusp. Yeah, we are. And be cautious. Don't Just be cautious and know what you're getting yourself into. Mm -hmm. If you're an adult, you know, no one can tell you, don't do it. Mm -hmm. But be uh, ready to deal with the consequences. Mm -hmm. Now, for children, I would just say, you know, just be very careful. Stop and think before you do those tests for kids. Because also, there's the concern about your data. Like, your data st mm -hmm. stays there. What Are you sure these companies are going to protect your data? Yeah, or right. yeah, what are you what are you if signing away? If they're if they're they come and go. selling it, yeah, you're right. yeah, and you're they're right. not very heavily regulated at this time. Right. I think someday something's gonna go really wrong, and then we will have to create laws legislation to right. protect your most personal data yes. ever. Yes. It's yes. a shame that yes. usually usually yes. something has to your go wrong. <laughs> it's a shame that something usually has to go wrong first before yeah. we start you know legislating and, and putting in laws in pr practice. It's funny, I was about to ask you uh, for any takeaway message that you get about genetic testing uh, for parents that are considering another child or their uh, or themselves, but I think you, you can have, is there anything else you want to add to that? You pretty much gave us all yeah, of that. Well, I yeah. would say that, you know, even though I'm, I'm saying proceed with caution, I'm also very excited, you know? It's a, it's a great, like I said in the beginning, it's yeah. a great time to be in genetics. And um, what I would say is just, especially for kids, you know, which is what I deal with, I'm mm -hmm. a pediatric geneticist, um, 
ask someone with the right knowledge before deciding to do genetic testing. Mm. Yeah, don't just do it because you can. Okay. Think about the consequences that this could have on your child's life. It will be forever. Mm. Mm. So to get a little personal, okay, can you can you describe maybe the relief that that parents feel when? Uh, a diagnosis finally made from genetic testing. Yeah, so that's actually one of the best things about my career. You know, sometimes I see uh, children that for years, you know, the families have, they have known there's something different about my mm -hmm. child. There is obviously something wrong. Yeah. And they have seen uh, a lot of doctors mm -hmm. and they're fed up and they're frustrated. Mm -hmm. And uh, very often through genetic testing, we can find a definite diagnosis. And even when there's no effective therapy, there is a sign of relief on the family because now they can understand why this happened, right, why it happened. Yes. Uh, how can I help this child? And that's something that it's very rewarding yes. for me. Yes. Yeah. Wow. wow. This has been extremely informative, Dr. Mind-boggling. I can't even tell you. I hope our listeners um, have learned something as well. From I've, I've, learned, sure I've learned a lot. <laughs> I've learned a lot. I've yeah, learned enough for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Reynoso, thank you so much for joining us and giving us that plethora of knowledge about genetic testing. And um, any final thoughts? Um, well, thank you for having me here, and um, I hope that uh, we could do this again sometime. Uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. We definitely want to have you back for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us, and thank you for joining us on the Healthy Parenting Podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Share with others and like our Joe Hospital Facebook page.